Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. And so the passage that we're going to read this morning that's going to introduce our talk is found in Matthew chapter 21. And in verse 11, it says that Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem and they came to the town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them on ahead. And he said, go into the village over there. And as soon as you enter it, you will find a donkey that is tied there. And with it, there will be a colt beside it. I want you to untie them and I want you to bring them to me. And if anyone asks, then I want you to tell them, just say that the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. And this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said these words, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. And they brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and then they sat on it. And then most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And Jesus was in the center of this whole procession. And the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. And then the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked. And then the crowds replied, it's Jesus. He is the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, in the passage that we just read, there is something that happens much earlier and is prophesied regards, with regards to his entry. And in fact, the, the people were expecting an image of who the Messiah would be and what he would look like when he would enter in. And as people imagined who this Messiah would be, who this deliverer, who this Savior would be that would deliver them from their enemies— then they would look to these signs. And the signs that were described in the passage that we just read is that he would enter in on a colt, that he would enter in on a donkey. And the scriptures tell us this because it is something that was also clearly understood in that day in terms of its meaning. When someone wanted to go to war, they would enter it on a horse. When someone came in peace, they came on a donkey. It was also an animal that was considered to be humble. And so if you wanted to be received in humility, if you wanted to be seen as someone who was coming in not with any pretense and with any expectations, then this would be the symbol that you would use. Well, in Zechariah in chapter 9 and in verse 9, the prophecy was this. It said, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. 
Look, because your king is coming to you, and he is righteous, and he is victorious, and he is humble, and he is riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The passage that we just read in the Gospel of Matthew is a passage that introduces us to this very prophecy. And because Matthew was speaking in particular to the Jewish nation, he wanted them to make the link between the entry that Jesus had just made and the prophecy that had been given. And of course, the people got it. They identified with it. Why? Because they were able to shout, Hosanna. Hosanna meaning the one who saves, the one who delivers, the one who brings salvation. And so they looked to Jesus and identified immediately that someone coming into Jerusalem on a donkey would mean that this was indeed the deliverer. This was their savior. This was the promised one. And Jesus's entry is one of peace. Now, many times in our lives, we are not at peace. I think that if someone came into your life and disrupted it, you would look and identify that person as a disruption, as someone who is bringing chaos into your life. And today, more than ever, we want peace. We don't want chaos. And things and people who bring chaos with them are the people that we tend to avoid. We tend to shed them. We tend to liberate ourselves from them. We look at these individuals or these circumstances and we think, this isn't worth it. This person isn't worth it. Going through this is not worth it. I want peace. And then we look for ways to experience peace. And we look for ways that we can free ourselves from the things that are disrupting our peace and challenging our peace and maybe even bringing us into deeper expressions of chaos instead of experiencing deeper levels of peace. But what Jesus does is that he shows his people that no matter what the circumstances are, his entrance into our life is always about bringing peace. He wants to come in and be the Prince of Peace. He wants to bring peace to your mind and to your heart and to your life. He wants to bring order where there is disorder. He wants to bring calm where there is chaos. Everywhere in your life where you are not able to experience peace, I want you to understand that this story is about how Jesus is able to come into your life and do the very thing that we are seeking the most of, and that is bring us a newfound peace, a new way to experience peace, a new way to live it. Now, sometimes we look for help in having peace. We go see a life coach or a therapist. We go talk to a trusted friend. We confide in people who know us, who love us, who will listen to us, who will not judge us. We go to places on the internet and on social media where we can be inspired and encouraged, where we can be built up instead of torn down. We follow people who will hopefully lead us down a path where we can experience peace and, and leave the chaos behind. But when all of these things cannot 
bring what it is that we ultimately yearn for, we tend to move on to the next thing, or we just accept the limitations of the very things that in many ways are helping us, but cannot bring the fulfillment that the peace of Jesus can actually bring. But here's the problem with this. Unless we allow Jesus to enter with his peace, we have nothing to compare it to. There's no way for us to know if it's going to be better. There's no way for us to experience a next level peace if we don't let Jesus triumphantly enter into our lives to bring that peace. And so the help I'm getting in other areas through other sources and other means, as beneficial as those are, they're still always going to be incomplete and inaccurate in being able to bring the level of peace that only Jesus can bring. But here's what you have to do. To experience that, you're going to have to cry out like the people did and say, Hosanna in the highest heavens. Jesus is coming to be my Savior, my Deliverer, and the one who can truly usher in the peace that I need. If you don't get there to that place where you can open yourself up and allow for that peace to enter in, it will never have the supremacy that it deserves in your life to show you that all other methods of peace, no matter how good they are, will always be inferior to the peace that only Jesus can bring. And my encouragement to you today is to surrender all other means and measures of peace for a peace that maybe we have not fully experienced just yet. And here's what I know. Even in my own spiritual journey, I have experienced peace. But I also know that there are next levels to experience in terms of peace in my relationship with Jesus. I, I, I can be a pretty pers a peaceful person, generally speaking. A lot of things can happen and I can maintain my calm and be peaceful about it. But there are times when I too can grow anxious. I too can worry. I too can lose my composure. I too can express myself in a manner that isn't declaring peace, but it's contributing to chaos. Sometimes the words that proceed from my mouth or the actions of my life communicate that I am not a follower of the Prince of Peace and am overtaken and held and brought to new levels of peace but one who is given over to the things of this world that easily lead us into places of chaos instead. And if that resonates with you, then you know that Jesus is the person that we can still ask, Jesus, can you enter into my life? Can you come into my life right now and help me experience the next level in peace that you have to offer me. Because where I am 
and what I've experienced so far has gotten me here, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful, I'm appreciative, but I also know, Lord, that you have something more and something else and something further to bring into my life when it comes to your peace. And Jesus is saying, I'm ready to be that peace. I'm ready to come into your circumstances no matter what they are. I'm ready to be the calm in your chaos. I'm ready to do that. Would you receive me? Would you accept me? Would you welcome me? Just like they welcomed Jesus, let us welcome him so that he can come in this way. See the signs that God has already given you. See the way that he's already revealed himself to you. See the things that he's already done for you. Think of the miracles that he's already accomplished among you. They called him the prophet of Nazareth. They can't seem to detach themselves from his place of origin. But the scriptures speak that his origin is in the highest of highs, in the holiest of holies. It is in that kingdom that is beyond that earthly kingdom that he is stepping into. And when they call him Savior, Deliverer, Lord, and King, they don't understand that he was already all of those things even before Saul was nominated as their first king. The peace that Jesus is coming in to establish, he's coming to disrupt your kingdom of chaos and usher in his kingdom of peace. That kingdom of chaos that you are so strongly holding on to, those views and those positions and those values and those things that you hold on to that say that this is what's going to bring me fulfillment and meaning. This is what's going to usher in the peace that I'm looking for. If I have this person in my life, if I have this money in my life, if I have this career in my life, if I accomplish these things in my life, if I can change this person's opinion in my life, if I can somehow remove all of this chaos I can't experience the peace that I'm looking for and Jesus is saying will you allow me to enter in and redefine what peace is for you would you let me show you what that looks like but for real you know, in the scriptures, when someone wanted to make peace with someone else, they would come also with donkeys and colts, and they would have sometimes a herd of them, and on each of them, there would be an offering. There would be gifts. And when Jacob and Esau had had their conflict over their birthright and, and Jacob had deceived Esau, the time came when, when, when Jacob had to finally meet Esau face to face. And before he did that, he did something really smart. He, he took his herd of donkeys and, and colts and, and he packed them with riches and he brought them to his brother. And when his brother saw him, he said, why are you here? And he says, I'm here to make peace. But he came with, with goods and gifts. He came in a manner that would bring honor and not dishonor in the manner that he had already dishonored Esau. And, and, and if we look back in the scriptures again and again, this is done. And there was one time where Nabal had, 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 had deeply offended King David and his wife thought about what can she do to save his life and, and save her own household because she knew the king had the authority to wipe them entirely out. 
And so she went on and, and, and she prepared again a herd of, of donkeys and colts and on them put gifts and brought them to King David and said, David, I know Nabal was a fool. Please accept this apology. And he came to accept that gift because she was willing to humble herself and her household and even her husband's name in being able to make that offering. I, I don't know about you, but I sometimes struggle with pride in ways that I don't even know I'm being prideful. You know, I think I try to live a humble life, but there are moments where I know I'm not being humble. I know that I'm struggling with pride, and, and pride always precedes every fall, and it always has and it always will. And, and if we're not careful of where we're prideful in our lives, it, it not only disrupts our peace, but it, it, it interferes with any sacrifice that we can make, any offering that we can give, any gift that we can offer. If we don't do it with the right heart and the right motivation, it, it, it's almost like one cancels out the other. And while we will receive our praise and applause uh, here on earth from people who look at us and, and, and may look at us and say, look at how they are a deliverer. Look at how they are so important and beneficial to the cause. Look at how they have made such an incredible positive impact on the situation and circumstances that have somehow changed things for us. When we think of this, we, we realize that there are moments in our lives where we want to be acknowledged. We want to be seen. We want for people to know what we've done. There was a time in which Jesus had to tell a parable because his people were so concerned about what they would receive in the new kingdom that, that the banquet that they would be a part of would be so spectacular, so incredible that they would love to not only just be in that banquet, but be seated at the table and just receive all the gifts and the benefits that come with it. And Jesus said, there's invitations that have gone out, but everybody's too busy. And they all made excuses. And the time came when he got the news that no one was going to come to this banquet, a banquet that the Lord had invested in and had prepared everything. And the only thing anyone needed to do was just attend. Well, they chose not to be there. And so Jesus says, I want you to go to the places and to the people that no one would ever look and to the people that no one would ever invite. And I want you to make sure that there's a place for them at my banquet, at my table. Because if the others won't come, then you make space for everyone else. I think there's a moment in our lives where we can become so self-sufficient and we think that because God is just, by his grace, blessing us and protecting us and giving us his favor in ways that we sometimes just think that we've brought this, we made this, we did this, we have this, and we don't realize, but, but pride has, has settled into our hearts and we stop making time to enter his banquet and to sit at his table and enter into relationship with Jesus and to have what he has to offer us. The sacrifices that he's made for us to be able to experience that. Everything that he has prepared for us. And so we're out there living life and maybe once in a while we're going to make time for him and maybe once in a while we're going to think of him and maybe once in a while we're going to give thanks to him. But overall, it's going to be about us. 
And I'm, I'm there right there with anyone else who's ever struggled with this. And I know what it feels to, to think that you're being humble and you're receiving the entry of the Lord into your life. But, but then there are moments where you're, you're overtaken by the pride of, of this life. And the things that we think that we can somehow bring into it or have brought into it in where we just recognize ourselves far more than the God who's given it to us in the first place. I don't want to be that way, and I don't know if this is touching you in a way that tells you that you don't want this either for your life. But when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, he's saying, I want you to understand that I'm entering as the sacrifice. I'm going to lay it all on the line for you. I'm going to give it all up for you so that you can always come to my banquet and sit at my table and not just experience my peace, but experience my provision. You see, God has his provision that he wants to offer you, the things that only he can provide. And sometimes it's, it's a matter of the soul, and sometimes it's a matter of our body. Sometimes it's a matter of our spirit and our mind, and, and sometimes it's just a manner in which it enables us to do unto others what he has already done for us. And when God does this, he says, will you see me as the one who enters into your life, as the one who has given up everything so that you can also have everything? I don't know if it's hard for you to believe in a God who wants to offer you everything when you have a mindset and a life that can sometimes speak to the scarcity that you're experiencing. Sometimes we look at what's missing and we look at what's scarce and we don't realize that what God wants is for us to bring him his, our empty jars so that he can fill them. And when he fills the jars, he can take time for us to bring him more jars for him to fill so that our mindset of scarcity leads us instead to an understanding of how he is ready to bring us to a place of legacy and abundance instead. Not just for us, but for those that he has also entrusted to us. God is all about allowing for us to experience that next level of sacrifice. And that's why in Hebrews 10, in verse 12, it describes that. It says, our high priest, which is Jesus, offered himself to God. And he did so as a single sacrifice for sins that is good for all time. And then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And there he continues to intercede for each of us. Does that get you excited that Jesus is interceding for you? That he's at the right hand of the Father for you. He's there for you. He's there so that when you allow him to come into your life, Jesus is saying, I'm always going to be now in your life so that every time you call on my name, 
I can bring you to the Father. And when you're missing out on peace and, and in your life is maybe being overtaken by chaos, I can be the intercession that you need. And I can be the answer that you're looking for. I can change the circumstances that are corrupting your calm. And God says, I can also do more than that. I can help you to understand not only how great my sacrifice was for you, but how you now, in understanding the greatness of that sacrifice, can increase in your level of gratitude so that you are willing to make similar sacrifices so that others can also know what it looks like to be in relationship with me. See, God brings us to levels and experiences and places that we've never been before. And I know that God can just overwhelm us with his presence sometimes. And you just start to cry and you don't know why. And you're like, what is happening in this moment? And then you realize that you're just so appreciative and you're just so grateful, not for what you have, but for who he is. And when you can get past what he does to the place where it's just about him and who he is and what he's done, you don't focus on what he's doing and not doing anymore because you realize that if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. And he knows what that need is. And when he's at the right hand of the Father, it means that you're trusting him to intercede on your behalf and to bring you every gift that you need in this world. You see, Jesus is not just the gift on the donkey that keeps on giving, but he is the gift giver in that if you understand this, you understand that Jesus as the gift supplies every gift that we could ever need in this life. And when he comes into your life as the gift, you stop worrying about the gifts. You stop worrying about the abundance. You stop worrying about what's missing. You start paying attention to who you have and you know that that is enough because there is no one and nothing that is greater than Jesus Christ in this life. And everything that he has to offer you is everything that you could never bring by yourself. And so you're brought to tears, you're brought to peace, you're brought to a deeper understanding of sacrifice. And then the last thing is that you're brought to a place where you can experience what it feels like to finally have your burdens lifted. You know, the donkey and the colt, they're, they're beasts of burden. Their, their whole image is about them having to carry both people and, and, and objects. They're, they're there to carry things. And, and I know that all of us have baggage and all of us have been carrying some things like for a very long time. And some of those things just never really go away because the people in our lives continue to behave a certain way. And, and because they're in our life, they continue to add burdens, you know. It's the, it's the truth. It's the reality. Sometimes when we have a, you know, a, a tough mom or a tough dad and they're still alive, alive and, and they can still keep you know, adding burdens, even though you've gone on and you've lived your, your, your life and you've made decisions to, to do other things, yet whenever you speak to them, you're happy 
but then you're also burdened. Has that happened to anybody else? Sometimes you have that in relationships that are in your immediate household. Sometimes it's like friendships that you've just had for a very long time, but every time you talk with them, you kind of prepare yourself for the burdens that are going to come. You're happy to see them, but you're also twisted a bit inside because you are. I want you to know that, that sometimes our relationship with God can be you know, falsely impressioned for us to think that that's the way it is with the Lord. That because we have these burdens in our everyday life, we sometimes think that the only way to experience freedom from those burdens is to maybe sometimes cut those people out and to not have them a part of our lives and to stop talking to them and to stop having relationships with them, to move away from them, to move out from them. But what we don't understand is that none of those things can lift a burden the way that the burden bearer can. See, if you want your burdens truly lifted, there's only one person who can do that, and that's Jesus. And, and you can be with someone who lays burdens, but Jesus lifts them as quickly as they lay them. Jesus frees you as quickly as they try to imprison you. As quickly as they try to keep you under the weight of them, Jesus is setting you free from them. He protects you in that way. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not just someone who comes in with peace and not just someone who comes in with provision, but I come also with power to protect you. Because Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is as the burden bearer. He's going to go and take all of the burden of our sins, of all the wrongdoings, of every way that we've missed the mark, of every way that we have failed and the way that we have faltered and we have fallen short. And he's going to take all of that off of us and put it on himself so that we no longer have to carry that burden. We don't have to carry the burdens of others. We don't have to carry our own. He's going to give us the mind and the spirit to be able to handle it in a supernatural way that we never could have thought possible because he has come into our lives as the one who lifts our burden. In Revelation 7, 9, it says this, that, that John in his vision says, I saw a vast crowd and it was too great to count from every nation and every tribe and, and people and language and standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes. And listen to this. And they held branches in their hands. You see, in the passage that we read, they cut branches and they put it on the road. But then they went beyond that. They took their garments and they sacrificed those and they put them on the road. And they did whatever it took so that Jesus would be the one who would have the priority of way and the preeminence 
of the day. And there would be nothing on this day that would interfere with the promises that were made in days before this day had come. And as they found themselves before Jesus, on that day they cut branches. But one day again, when we will all be assembled together, we will do the same thing because you see what happens on earth is all about what's going to one day happen in the heaven that God has created for us. He's saying, I want you to know that it isn't just on this day in Jerusalem, thousands of years ago, that this will be done. This will happen again. And until that day, can I challenge you to keep cutting branches in your life? And lay them down on the road. And let Jesus walk into your life. Let him enter into your life. And let him come with peace. Let him come with sacrifice. And let him come as the one who can carry your burden like no one else. And give you the victory that you are looking for right now, right here, right in this timeline, knowing that he did it in timelines past and he'll do it in timelines future. That what he is able to do then, he is able to do now. And he's able to do it for you. And Jesus at the right hand is saying, where is it that you need peace? Where is it that you need provision? Where is it that you need protection? Where is it that you need the things that you are looking for in so many places? But, but if you just let me come into your life, you can have it and have it in a way that you will be left shouting Hosanna in the highest. God bless you. Thank you so much. And so, Father, I pray that as we would take this moment to come before you, each of us, Lord, has been spoken to by your spirit about something specific. You, we all heard the same things, but we are all interpreting it through you at the right hand of God. And, and you are showing us something specific to each of us. Something's been highlighted more than other things. You're saying this is for you. And the one who's saying that is is, is God. He's the, the prince of peace in your life. And he's pointing out what it is that you need to do right now. This is your next step. I pray that right now, Lord, you, you would give each person the freedom that you have promised, the victory that you have procured. Lord, thank you for the power that is your peace, and how we can overtake any chaos that is in our mind and in our spirit, in our body. Lord, you are here to unify us as you would be glorified in us and through us. And I pray that today would be a day like none other, because it is a day in which
you walked into our lives and changed it forever. And we pray this in the glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.